0: What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for stopping by the channel tonight. This is your Monday Night Raw post-show for September 25th, 2023. I am your host, JD from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday nights, wherever you may be. I see some people in the chat already. I see some people in the chat already. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. How does J.D. Do think it's a good show, man? It, it, it was a boring show. Well, I'm sorry. You know, you have an opinion, and then I have an opinion. The only difference is I don't give a shit about your opinion. It's my show. Can do and say whatever I want. You don't like it? Go take a walk. Monday Night Raw, man. Monday Night Raw. Set it on Twitter or X. I think I'm the only geek still calling it Twitter. It's always going to be Twitter to me. Set it on Twitter that Monday Night Raw, even though at three hours and even though we still get the same Judgment Day main event, I know, I know, same Judgment Day main event every single week, Monday Night Raw has become And I don't believe I'm going to say this. Hell must have frozen over. But I have to recognize when it's gotten better. Monday Night Raw has become the best WWE weekly program in the company. I know some of you are probably... uh, To tell you. I don't know what to tell you, man. Maybe maybe I'm intoxicated tonight. Maybe maybe I had a couple of cold ones tonight. Uh, No, I didn't. I don't drink during work nights. Monday Night Raw is a solid show. There was a lot to like on tonight's show. Uh, First of all, we got probably one of the best debuts of the year on the show in Dragon Lee. Not the best match that I've seen Dragon Lee wrestle, but for a Monday Night Raw debut. I thought it was very impressive of Dragon Lee. Dominic Mysterio defended that NXT North American Championship against Dragon Lee. That was probably Dominic Mysterio's best match to date. And he won clean. How many times have we seen Dominic Mysterio win clean in WWE? We'll talk about that, man. I thought that was a very great showing for Dragon Lee. And Dominic Mysterio. I'm not very high on Dominic's in-ring ability, but Dominic is slowly starting to put it together. Don't think he should have won tonight. I do think that Dragon Lee should have walked out the uh, NXT North American Champion. But uh, I mean, that's just my opinion. We may get the rematch on Saturday at uh, NXT No Mercy. Yeah, because Ali Mustafa Ali was supposed to wrestle Dominic Mysterio. He unceremoniously got terminated. He got fired this week by WWE. So we may get the rematch on Saturday night. We'll see what happens. But I thought it was a very good showing for both Dragon Lee and Dominic Mysterio. Drew McIntyre. Loving what they're doing with Drew McIntyre, man. I said it on Twitter as well. The heel turn of Drew McIntyre is coming along slowly but surely. And they are slow playing it. And it is turning into a beautiful thing to watch, man. I love how deliberate it is. It's right in front of your face. You know it's coming. You don't know what's going to really make him snap. But you see the little signs and the little signals that he's going to turn heel, man. Walking away from whatever he walked away last week with Jey Uso being beat up. Walked away. Didn't have any care in the world. He did the same thing tonight. With Ivar beating up Kofi Kingston, he just walked away. He didn't even look back. He said, fuck this shit. I beat this guy in the ring tonight. I don't give a shit what happens to him. Walked away. Don't know where they're going with that, but I think that is turning into one of the best parts about Monday Night Raw. Drew McIntyre's heel turn is coming along very, very nicely. We'll talk about that as well. Main event, saw the Tag Team Championships. In WWE Defended. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. They're looking to get those titles back against the Judgment Day. Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Who had a little bit of a rocky start to the show. They pulled it together. Towards the end. J.D. McDonough. Got Damian Priest beat up. And Damian Priest blamed McDonough. For interfering in Judgment Day business. Telling him that he's not in the Judgment Day. And then he helps the Judgment Day retain the tag team titles tonight. So. You know, by hook or by crook, it looks like J.D. McDonough is going to be in the Judgment Day. Because every time that they need him, he ends up being there. And I know it's the same match over and over and over again. And I'm sure we'll get some of the same shit again next week. But it was a great tag team title match. Can't take anything away from those four guys. They're very good pro wrestlers. Damian Priest is... Excellent. Finn Balor, excellent. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, self-explanatory. I don't need to tell you how great they are. Great main event. Great tag team match. If there's anything that happens in the WWE in that type of capacity with those four guys, you know it's going to be a banger match. That's why WWE relies on them so much. Am I tired of the Judgment Day main events with the same cast of characters? Sure, everybody is. But you can't take away that the matches that they do put on are always quality. And this was a tag team title match that was quality. And the ending was very chaotic. Cody Rhodes got involved. Jey Uso got involved. JD McDonough got involved. It looks like WWE is setting up war games a couple of months early. How early? I don't know. None of these men have a match at Fastlane. But we have another week or so before Fastlane, so... We will talk about that as well and what WWE could possibly do with all eight of these men going into the pay-per-view because none of them have a pay-per-view match. Cody doesn't have a pay-per-view match. Sammy KO, Jay Uso, The Judgment Day. Even Rhea Ripley doesn't have a match. So it looks like WWE's got a little bit more building to do before Fastlane. And we are going to go over all of that including what WWE thinks of Jey Uso and the Jey Uso experiment. Coming over to Monday Night Raw. Internally, what WWE thinks of the Jey Uso project on Monday night. And we will go over all of that and so much more right here on today's show, man. I appreciate you joining me on your Monday nights. It's rainy, it's cold, it's fucking disgusting outside, man. I can't stand it. Can't stand it. Where's the fucking sun? Supposed to be in a better mood. New York has been ravaged with fucking tropical storm whatever. And hopefully the sun filters through the clouds tomorrow going on into Wednesday, man. We got a busy week. It's going to be a very busy week, man. Obviously, we're live tonight from Monday Night Raw. Tomorrow night, Andrew Baydala and myself will be live with TNT Tuesday Night Titans episode number 15. So make sure you guys tune in to that. If you are missing anything about TNT, man, you are missing some great wrestling discussion. I've had people reach out to me. Oh, I I don't like uh Andrew Baydala. I think he's a WWE shill, man. I'm sorry, that's your fucking problem. If you don't like the show, then you're missing out on some of the best content I put out during the week. Cry me a river. We'll be live on Tuesday. We'll be live on Wednesday with Jesse. Apparently Jesse wants me to fire him on Wednesday nights, man. He's making fun of my Pokemon card collection. And then he threw me under the bus while Dax Hardwood was chewing me out on Twitter over something retarded. He's asking for Larry to be the new co-host on Wednesday nights. I may have to make that work. Now, but Jesse and I will be live on Wednesday. I'm sure there will be a ton of psychology on Wednesday. If there's not psychology on Wednesday or enough of it, man, I may have to dump you. Friday SmackDown. Don't know what I'm doing Saturday, man. Collision, depending on how the card shapes up. Maybe it's a tape show, man. I have no fucking I have no clue. Saturday, collision, maybe NXT Takeover. Not takeover. I wish it was a takeover. I'm sorry. It's not takeover. NXT No Mercy. If it was a takeover, I'd absolutely be reviewing it. Uh, no Mercy or Collision, I don't know yet. And then Sunday, Wrestle Dream. It's a busy week, man. So much wrestling, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Honestly. It's about to make my head explode. Busy week. Hopefully you guys join me right here on the channel. Make sure you follow me on, ta- on social media, man. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo, at JD for 206. Hit that subscribe button down below. We are 900 away from 150,000 subscribers. It's crazy. You guys are great. So hit that subscribe button. Tell a friend. Tell a... Facebook group chat, whatever you got to do, man, spread the word. Hit that thumbs up as well. We are looking at 420 likes, man. Um, That's inexcusable. There should be at least double that. I'm looking for a 1,000 likes minimum. So hit that thumbs up. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show as always. Go check out all the other content on the channel, man. Plenty of it from this past week. It was a busy week last week. And then tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use that code SCRIPT20 at checkout. For 20% off and free. F-R-E-E. You heard me. Free shipping. Manscaped.com, code script 20 at checkout. Want to thank them for sponsoring the show, as always, right here on OTS. Who better? Nobody. Monday Night Raw, man. Let's start at the top. We start with Cody Rhodes. Oh, my goodness, man. Cody Rhodes. Whoa! Gotta love Cody, man. First thing you see, you got fans singing along to Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, man, nothing more than a theme. Cody, nothing more than a theme, Rhodes. Gotta love him. Show opened up with Cody Rhodes. He came out dressed all nice and dapper. It's Cody Rhodes. Michael Cole and Cody Rhodes hyped up or really gloated that they sold out another show. Great. Everybody's making a big deal about attendance figures lately. WWE sells out every show. AEW can barely fill a fucking arena for pay-per-view on Sunday night. The lowest pay-per-view attendance that AEW has pulled in so far since the pandemic era. What are they doing wrong? I don't know. What is WWE doing right? I don't know. I don't know. Should be a great show on Sunday, man. I'm looking forward to that Dream show. It's a banger card. The card definitely doesn't reflect the amount of seats that have been sold for the show yet. So, Cody Rhodes is in the ring. And he welcomed everybody to Monday Night Raw. He asked everybody at home to indulge him as he turned around to look at everyone in the sold-out arena. He says he's already been interrupted twice in the past couple of weeks. So, he's going to cut right to talking about Jey Uso great, we need an explanation. He said because Jay was sent to Raw, someone will be sent to SmackDown. He said many in the Raw locker room are upset with him and think he just should have let Jay sink on SmackDown with a bloodline, but that's not him. It's not what Cody Rhodes does. He said he and Jay aren't great friends, but he wasn't going to stand by and watch him get jumped by three people from making the right decision To turn down the Judgment Day. He said they are the most toxic faction in the history of... Dot, dot, dot. And then Judgment Day's music interrupts Cody Rhodes. Now, before I get on to what happened next, he said they're the most toxic faction in the history of WWE. False. You know, there's... There's scripting to sound legit, and there's scripting to sound fucking lame. The Judgment Day is not the most toxic faction in WWE history. Not even close. So why would you go out there and even insinuate that to the live audience? If there's one faction that's been the most toxic in WWE history, it probably in WWE history, I'm not talking about WCW, I'm not talking about ECW, Talking about WWE. That would be Degeneration X. If you want toxicity in WWE, it's probably DX. Judgment Day? No. I'm sorry. That's just fucking stupid. Stupid of Cody Rhodes to even insinuate. Damian Priest, Finn Balor, and Dominic Mysterio walked out. Balor scolded Cody for sticking his nose in their business, said they offered Jay a chance to join a real family. Cody couldn't help himself, and he had to save the day. He had to turn them down because everything is always about Cody. He snuck in some Spanish in there. I didn't know what he said because I don't speak it. Dom began speaking and was booed very loudly. You heard them physically lower his microphone so that the segment comes off a little bit more produced than normal. If you didn't hear it, if you didn't see it, that's your problem. Dominic gets heat, but they do manufacture... How much heat he gets. Just letting you know. Dom said Cody will pay for disrespecting the judgment day. Cody leaned in to try to hear Dominic, but the boos were too loud. Cody said since they're all defending their championships, what happens when Rhea Ripley returns and they're all empty handed? Mommy is not going to be very happy to see them all titleless. Dom told him to leave mommy's name out of his mouth. Judgment Day began making their way towards the ring. Jay Uso shot up behind Cody to back him up. So clearly, Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes have some sort of mutual agreement here. Fans were chanting for Uso. Judgment Day was still big on the numbers game here. So Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens hopped into the ring. Judgment Day retreated. All of a sudden, JD McDonough walks up the aisleway from Gorilla with two steel chairs and McDonough, Balor, and Dom went to the ring. Priest told them not to. He did not want to get in the ring. So Priest ended up joining the fight. He ended up uh, basically getting his ass handed to him as the other three were knocked out of the ring. Jay Super kicked Priest, and Cody bashed him with a chair, and things were breaking down here in the opening of Raw. Cody didn't really say much of anything. Cody didn't really say much of anything. He did insinuate, though, that there's a reason why he brought Jay Uso to Monday Night Raw. And then he follows that up by saying, and he looks into the camera, we aren't in the third inning anymore, boys. That's something that Paul Heyman has stated. That's something that Roman Reigns has stated in regards to the bloodline. Oh, we're only in the third inning. No, we're not. We're not in the third inning. If we're in the third inning, we're going long relief for the bloodline. Starter's been pulled. He's been banged up a little bit. And his ERA is fucking over a 10 for the game. Now we're in long relief. Who are we bringing in to close this thing out? Third inning, my ass. We're more like in the seventh inning. We're going into the seventh inning stretch with the bloodline, if I had to make an assumption. Cody mentioned the bloodline tonight. Cody mentioned that we're not in the third inning anymore. And that's the reason why he brought Jay Uso over to Monday Night Raw. So two things have happened here. Number one, obviously he still has the bloodline and Roman Reigns on his mind and still wants to finish the story by going through Roman Reigns, particularly ending at WrestleMania. That's where Cody's heart really is right there. And that's the only thing that us as the fan base should accept i see some people online saying that cody rhodes should be the one to end seth rollins oh well what if he challenges seth rollins at wrestlemania and wins the world heavyweight championship and that's good enough to finish his story no it's easy to lose sleep when you're worried about your health insurance plan but when you have a family counting on you to take care of them having the right coverage is more important than ever That's why Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is here to help. With low to no cost plans for you and your family. So you never go it alone. That's our Anthem. Click to learn more. Now, good thing these people aren't booking the fucking show, because that would be awful. Cody's already lost a ton of momentum. You want him to be a second string player here? Give me a break. It's Roman or bust for Cody Rhodes. That's it. I accept nothing else. The other thing that he basically insinuated, without actually saying to us, I wish that he would just blurt it out, he brought Jay Uso to Monday Night Raw. People are upset about that. The locker room are upset with him. And the locker room thought that they should have, or Cody should have, just let Jey Uso sink on SmackDown. So it looks like Cody Rhodes may be the piece that moves over to SmackDown from Monday Night Raw for Jay Uso. That's the only thing that makes sense. That is the only thing that makes sense here. Nobody else makes sense on Monday Night Raw but Cody Rhodes. And they've made that definitive. Now, I don't know when this move happens, I don't know how this move happens, but we are a good two months away from Survivor Series. And WWE right now seems to be building for Survivor Series. We got Fastlane, we got Crown Jewel, and then we got Survivor Series in Chicago. It's a long time. It's a long time for Survivor Series to be built up now Going to November, that's a long time, man. Two months is a long time. What does Cody Rhodes do in between now and Survivor Series? When are they going to announce the move of Cody Rhodes to SmackDown? Because right now he's in the middle of Judgment Day business here. They can't pull him away, being that he's in the middle of Judgment Day business to go to SmackDown. What is he going to do on SmackDown when he gets over there? He's got something right now in the Judgment Day with Sammy. KO and Jey Uso, if you take him out of this now and put him on SmackDown, he may actually have less momentum. He'll have nothing to do over there. So what do we do? What do we do? War Games and Survivor Series, if there is a War Games, which I'm assuming there will be, is two months away. WWE needs to be very careful about what they do with Cody Rhodes going into Survivor Series. It looks like we will be getting the men's War Games match as follows. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Jey Uso, and Cody Rhodes. Against Judgment Day, it will be J.D. McDonough, Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, and Finn Balor. Sounds like a great War Games match to me. Sounds like it makes sense. Sounds like it's a great closing chapter so that we can move on from all this shit. Because it's been the same shit since WrestleMania. Rinse and repeat. Rematch after rematch after rematch after rematch. But what do we do at Fastlane? What do we do at Crown Jewel for Cody Rhodes? I don't know. I got Fastlane, but I don't got Crown Jewel. I don't know what we do at Crown Jewel. At Fastlane, I'm looking at either a six-man tag or an eight-man tag. The War Games match, which I just laid out to you, but basically in a eight-man tag... Regular eight-man tag, if they want to add a stipulation of elimination to that, that would be great. Or we just do a six-man tag, Cody versus, Cody, uh, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn against the Judgment Day. Dominic Mysterio, Damian Priest, and Finn Balor. So it's either a six-man tag or an eight-man tag. Can't leave Jey Uso off the show. He's one of the hottest guys on Raw, so it's probably going to end up being an eight-man tag. Do that at Fastlane. Get everybody on the show. It'll be a hot match. Have it be an elimination-style match. I think that'd be great. We haven't seen one of them in a while. I enjoy a regular eight-man tag with elimination rules. That would be a little bit more as far as the crowd interaction and the heat in the match. I think it would amp up the heat in the match. I think that'd be great. And then we go on to Crown Jewel. I don't know what Cody does at Crown Jewel. He's definitely going to be there. And then we go to Survivor Series and then we finish this thing off inside the cage. And then after that, I'm assuming they're going to wait till after Survivor Series to move Cody over to SmackDown. And that's going to be the best thing for him. He doesn't have to win the Royal Rumble. He can go target Roman Reigns. He can do what he needs to do with John Cena over there against Roman when he comes back, if John Cena is still going to be back. I mean, it works out. It just works out for Cody. Oh, yeah, we got Omos versus Cody. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, my goodness. Is that where we're going with this? Or maybe we just do Drew McIntyre. How about that? Everybody's, so, everybody's like, oh, my God. Omos attacked Cody Rhodes at a house show. If you guys seen the clip on social media, there was a clip going around on social media where Omos, and MVP, attacked Cody Rhodes. At a WWE house show this past weekend. Now, normally what happens at these house shows, WWE runs a test on these house shows before they bring it to actual television. How about we just do Drew McIntyre versus Cody Rhodes at Crown Jewel? I think that would be a nice setup match there. Because by that time, Drew McIntyre should be fully healed. And if he's upset about what's going on on Monday Night Raw, he's got nobody to blame but Cody. Because Cody brought Jey Uso over here, and he doesn't trust Jey Uso after what Jey Uso on the bloodline did to him at Clash of the Castle. I mean, that's the way I'd go. That's the way I'd go with it. But Omos? No. That's all you need. That's all I need to pinpoint who's in charge here. Cody versus Omas, And there are people out there that are actually... Agreeing with this match taking place. They, there were there was people in my in my mentions on Sunday. Oh Omas. Oh yeah, he, he, you know, there's nothing wrong with Omas putting Cody Rhodes over. There's nothing wrong with WWE building up Omas. The fuck are you talking about? Omas hasn't been on television since WrestleMania. Who is he building up? And why do you choose to build him up when he's been off television since April? This is the amount of stupidity that dwells on Twitter. Omos shouldn't be on television. He's been on television how many times this year? A handful of times. I can't even count on one hand how many times he's been on television. He showed up at WrestleMania to wrestle Lesnar, and he was in the Royal Rumble. Why isn't he on television? Because he's absolutely fucking useless. That's why. So Cody and Omos. Ah, Cody needs... Adversity, pal! No, Cody needs to wipe off the stink from whatever happened during that feud with Brock Lesnar because you absolutely fucking killed any momentum he had. You break. Eight-man tag or six-man tag for Fastlane and then Drew McIntyre at Crown Jewel if that's the way they want to go. So yes, Cody didn't tell us he was going to smack down but he did lay it out we're not in the third inning anymore boys and basically the locker room is upset with him and that he may be the one to move over to Monday Night Raw we may get a loser leaves raw match between Drew McIntyre and Cody that could be the way that they do that as well but Adam Pierce already laid it out someone's got to get traded Somebody's got to get traded, and it will be Cody Rhodes because he's the only one that makes sense. Otis versus Big Bronson Reed. Thank you for telling me that Bronson Reed is a large man. I don't need Big in front of Bronson Reed to know that Bronson Reed is a fucking beast, okay? This match went four minutes. I could have watched another couple of minutes for this thing, man. Four minutes wasn't enough for me. Big men slapping meat. On Monday Night Raw. Gotta love it. This was a physical match. Short, sweet, to the point. And I don't know when you guys are going to get on the Bronson Reed bandwagon, bro. Bronson Reed is fucking great. And I'm glad he's getting an opportunity on Monday Night Raw. This was over before it even happened, man. Four minutes. Reed gave Otis a Samoan drop. Both men collided. They took each other out. They tried to take each other out early in the match. Otis followed with a back elbow after the Samoan drop, a discus clothesline, and a back suplex. Otis actually hit the Caterpillar. He goes up top for the Vader bomb and missed the Vader bomb. Reed followed with a senton, and then he goes up top for a tsunami splash, which absolutely nobody kicks out of One, two, three, and Bronson Reed wins over Otis. So he beats Chad Gable. He beats Otis. And now he's looking at himself as potentially the next in line after Tommaso Ciampa for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Because Tommaso Ciampa right now is neck and neck with Bronson Reed. I don't know, man. Who do we go with first? See, I like this, man. This is another one of those things. Oh, well, why does JD think Monday Night Raw is such a good show, man? Well, listen, we got Bronson Reed on one side beating both Chad Gable and Otis to get wins. And then we got Tommaso Ciampa on the other side. He beat Vinci and Kaiser the last two weeks to get wins. So now if I'm Triple H or whoever's in charge of this show, I'm putting Tommaso Ciampa in the ring with Bronson Reed, because both guys have now accumulated multiple wins, and the winner of that match should go on to wrestle Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. But I think what they're going to do here, instead of doing something like that, because they have two pay-per-views coming up in the next month or so, WWE's going to do both of them. He's going to do, Triple H that is, he's going to do Tommaso Ciampa versus Gunther at Fastlane, and then he's going to do Bronson Reed versus Gunther at crown jewel and at that point then we get to chad gable where i already pitched chad gable versus gunther in a 30 minute iron man match at survivor series in chicago and that's where chad gable wins the intercontinental championship and then gunther could go on and prep himself for the royal rumble because that's the man that should win the royal rumble and then go on to challenge seth rollins at wrestlemania for the world's heavyweight championship and why is this shit so easy for me man it just flows off my tongue Why is this so easy for me? I mean, why ain't I writing for WWE and sitting at the fucking creative table pitching these ideas, man? They got fucking uh, four-eyed geeks over there. (laughs) We got to look at Vince and think what he wants, man. I don't know. I don't know. I like Bronson Reed. I think Bronson Reed should be a little bit more of a priority on Monday night. I think he's great. He's got the size. He moves well in the ring. He's fucking believable. This was a very good match with Otis, man. Wins off the tsunami in four minutes. And it looks like we got a nice little uh, competitive back and forth for the Intercontinental Championship. Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox. Who? Yeah. Yeah, she's still employed. Believe it or not. She wasn't fired last week. Tegan Knox was backstage with Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch was rubbing her precious. Rubbing her title belt, the NXT Women's Championship, washing it down, polishing it, right? Tegan Knox was backstage with Becky Lynch. Becky asked Tegan why she was waiting at the curtain last week, yet she let Natalya pass her by. Knox said she wanted to respect Natalya's veteran status, so she let Natalya jump in front. Becky said she can't do that, and she needs to step on some toes and claim her worth. She said she has a big match on Saturday No Mercy against Tiffany Stratton, and she wants her to be next in line after she wins. Now, I don't know if that is what is going to happen because, you know, if you go on Twitter and you look at all the fucking NXT virgins who watch Tuesday night, you will have seen them tweet all week. Oh, well, yeah, Tiffany Stratton's going to win the title back and she's going to be a bigger star for it, man. If WWE wanted to make Tiffany Stratton a bigger star, they would have had her beat Becky Lynch the first time. And then do a rematch the second time and then have her beat Becky again. No, but she lost in a competitive match and everybody thinks that she gained something by losing. She didn't. And then she goes on to No Mercy to beat Becky Lynch to regain the championship that she should have never lost. But she lost the first match and then you want her to win the second match. So how does that equal Tiffany Stratton being more over? I don't know. So Becky Lynch is already predicting predicting she's going to beat Tiffany Stratton on Saturday night, and then she's going to defend the title against Tegan Knox. I don't think that's going to happen. Why would Becky Lynch beat Tiffany Stratton again unless Tiffany Stratton's getting called up to the main roster? That may be the plan. That may be where they go. Maybe Becky Lynch beats Tiffany Stratton, they get her called up to the main roster, and then Becky does whatever she's got to do with the, the next line of women. In NXT. I have no idea. But Tegan Knox, let me talk about Tegan Knox for a second, man. I like that WWE because the report was that WWE changed plans for this match. They all of a sudden pulled Tegan Knox away from this match. It was supposed to be an open challenge. Like, we haven't seen enough of them in fucking pro wrestling for the entire year, right? It's been the year of open challenges every fucking week. It was supposed to be Becky Lynch and Tegan Knox last week in an open challenge for the NXT Women's Championship. Somebody, somebody, <laughs> <it's, clears throat> excuse me, changed the script last minute and Tegan Knox was pulled and then inserted Natalia into this open challenge. Now, Becky Lynch said last week, well, I expected somebody new, young, and fresh who hasn't had an opportunity to step up, yet you're here. And all you've been given is opportunities. So Natalia lost. This week, Becky brought that up, what was supposed to happen last week. So that was pretty cool that they mentioned that Tegan Knox should have been the one to step up. The reports said she was. And Becky Lynch had promised her a championship match if she wants it. After I get done with Tiffany Stratton, we'll see. She's the next in line. So Tegan Knox and the story of Tegan Knox was brought up last week this week. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was pretty cool. But Tegan Knox, man, she went on to wrestle uh, tonight against Natalia, and, and that was later on in the show. But the thing with Tegan Knox is, I'm glad she's getting an opportunity, you know, for so long it, It's almost as if the WWE forgot she existed. I don't know where she was or what she's been doing. But now she's on TV this week in a match against Natalia. She looked good tonight. We'll get there and talk about it when we get to that part of the show. But the reason why Tegan Knox hasn't been featured is because A, Vince McMahon has a say on what happens on these shows and B, you know, I know that the company knows that she's injury prone. And it's always one injury away with Tegan Knox. I mean, she's had how many knee injuries? So to put trust in her... To put her on television and have her remain healthy, that's a tall task. She's relatable, she's likable, she's good. She's got everything you need for somebody that could be a breakout star in that division. The management and the injury-prone status of Tegan Knox are the things that are going to hold her back. But I like that they brought this up. I thought that was pretty cool. Tegan Knox then approached Adam Pearce backstage and asked if she could face the winner... Of the Backlash or the uh, No Mercy match, whatever the case may be. Backlash, No Mercy, whatever. No Mercy. Natalia walked in and said she wanted a rematch against Becky or whoever wins that match. Tegan says she has a lot of respect for her, but she got an opportunity last week and lost. Natalia accused Tegan of not having passion. Tegan lashed out and said she never got the chances that Natty got. They argued until Pierce put them in a match together. He suggested they wrestle each other and the women will have earned the match that they won. There you go. There you go. Tommaso Ciampa. He wrestled one on one against Ludwig Kaiser of Imperium. Eight minutes. Ciampa's been going at it with Imperium. On the flip side, Imperium has been having a little internal turmoil. WWE's been teasing breaking up Imperium. I I don't know why. They've been teasing this tension between Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser. I, I don't know why we are even contemplating breaking up Imperium. Why? What good would that do? Do they see one or the other as singles guys? I don't. Actually, I do, but not yet. I think they're greater together than they are separate. It's one of those situations. It's almost as if Vince McMahon is toying with our fucking emotions because he knows Imperium is not his deal. we got to break that up, pal. Too many factions, pal. I don't know why you break them up. Tommaso Ciampa wants Gunther. Gunther told him he's got to go through his men first. Ciampa said no problem. Champa fought back after a commercial break. He had a draping DDT on Ludwig Kaiser for two. Vinci tried to get in the ring, so Ciampa drilled him with a big knee strike. Referee went to go check on Giovanni Vinci. All of a sudden. Kaiser hit Champa with an enziguri, but the referee was distracted. He didn't count. Kaiser was pissed and kicked Vinci out of the ring. Vinci was there to try and aid Kaiser in winning the match. He, he ended up getting involved way too much here. He actually ended up blowing the match for Ludwig Kaiser. Kaiser turned around. Ciampa nailed him with a knee strike. He goes for the cover one, two, three, and Ciampa wins the match over Ludwig Kaiser because of Giovanni Vinci intentionally fucking shit up for, or unintentionally, I should say. He didn't really mean to do it unintentionally fucking shit up for Ludwig Kaiser. Ciampa looked into the camera and told Gunther to sign the contract for an Intercontinental Championship match. Gunther was shown in the back watching on the television and he didn't look very happy about what had happened. You're asking me for a Ciampa and Gunther match at the pay-per-view? Sign me up. You can't get more NXT takeover than that. And I'm glad that they're really riding with Tommaso Ciampa here, man, because Tommaso Ciampa is fucking grade-A quality pro wrestling on any show you put him on. He's a believable character. He's likable. He's a great promo. He's fucking one hell of a pro wrestler, and he's one of the best things that has come out of that company in a very, very long time. And if you don't like Tommaso Ciampa, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. I respect that man greatly. Tommaso Champa and Johnny Gargano got me back into the WWE product with what they did to carry NXT black and gold. One of the greatest stories that WWE's told of this generation is Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. So to see him get his fucking flowers finally on the main roster, even though it's probably nothing more than him putting over Gunther, you're going to get to see what the man's made of. And that's all we can ask for right now. Maybe we get Johnny Gargano to come back into this thing, and maybe that's how we get Johnny Gargano. I still don't know where Johnny Gargano is. I don't. I don't know when they're ready to introduce him. I don't know how they are going to want to introduce him. I don't know where he is. You know, I said this to myself watching the show tonight, man. I'm surprised Johnny Gargano wasn't released from WWE. I I am genuinely shocked. They haven't used this man at all since when? When was the last time we seen Johnny? I don't get it. Why are we not putting Johnny Gargano on? Is he hurt? Is Candace pregnant again? I don't know. What are they waiting for? Is this the story where they start to introduce Johnny Gargano? Tommaso Champa Johnny Gargano paired up. Tommaso Champa Johnny Gargano separate. I don't. I don't give a shit how you work it. Get them both on the show. Them on the show is going to make your show better. The more you wait to bring back Johnny Gargano, the less the fans are going to fucking care. Who is he? He hasn't made any part of an impact on the main roster, so when he comes back, he's probably going to be ice fucking cold. Ridiculous. But if this leads to DIY versus Imperium, again, sign me up. But I don't know what we're waiting for. I don't. Chample wins. Becky Lynch joined on commentary for the next match, which is basically Tegan Knox and Natalia. This match went two minutes. Two minutes. Tegan Knox and Natalia went two minutes, man. Who's in charge tonight? Two minute women's matches. Natalia. She had a great match with Becky Lynch last week. It was fine. Natalia is always a quality pro wrestler. She's boring. Quality pro wrestler. Becky was on commentary. She was talking about beating everybody in the division. And I think uh, Barrett asked Lynch if she was offering chances to the mid-card wrestlers because she was trying to avoid the veteran wrestlers. And Becky Lynch responded by saying she's already beaten all the veteran wrestlers. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, so let's bury all the up-and-comers now. Great. Thanks, Becky. Two minutes. Tegan Knox beats Natalia. Natalia blocked a shining wizard and hit a sit-out power bomb for a two. Knox blocked a sharpshooter. And all of a sudden, she wins with the world's shiniest wizard. Which is her finishing move, Tegan Knox for one, two, three. Crowd was into it. Crowd was into Tegan Knox. They were chanting, Let's go, Tegan, at one point, man. I don't know. Southern California was uh, big on pro wrestling tonight. They knew who Champa was. They knew who Tegan Knox was. Great. Let's start building some new faces on the fucking show. It's exactly what this show needed. Tegan Knox has all the capabilities in the world if you get behind her to be a star in the division. She's likable, she's very relatable. She's injury-prone, though. She's very good in the ring. WWE should already have the ball rolling on Tegan Nox. How long did we have to wait to get some new fucking faces on this show? They called her up since when? It's like they wasted two years of her life on the main roster. Now she's finally getting an opportunity because Becky Lynch now needs opponents. Couldn't do this while Becky wasn't the champion. Now we're getting these matches and these opportunities because Becky Lynch is NXT women's champion. We couldn't do this when Becky was not the champion. Telling you, WWE's got some fucking disease. They don't know how to book Becky Lynch unless she's in a championship program or a champion. It's fucking disgusting. Tegan Knox wins. Damian Priest, he was pissed off. He was pissed off about what had happened. In the open of the show, Priest got in McDonough's face, yelled at him, telling him that he's not going to be in the Judgment Day. You're not in the Judgment Day. You're not going to be in the Judgment Day. He said because of McDonough, he took a beating because of J.D. He told him to get out. McDonough backed off and left the Judgment Day locker room. Dominic and Ballard looked wide-eyed, and Priest was angry. They did not confront Damian Priest. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins made his way out to the ring. And I don't know what the fuck he was wearing. I mean, I don't know what he was wearing, man. It looked like he had a big red trash bag over his body. Seth Rollins. How are you guys enjoying Seth Rollins, man? I don't know. I just don't care. I don't care. I don't care about Rollins as champ. I don't care about the feud with Nakamura. I don't care about anything regarding Seth Rollins as much as I did earlier in the year. It's always the same thing with Seth Rollins, always. And I'm not the only one that feels this way. Every time Seth is chasing for a championship, Everything seems to be smooth sailing. It works. Fans are behind him. Not to say the fans aren't behind him now. But the presentation of Rollins is vastly different. When he's in chase mode, he's not that bad. But when he's actually the man and at the top of the fucking mountain, everything that he's in just seems to fall flat and feels dull. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe, how about this one? How about this one for all the fucking geeks in the back that say I complain about everything? His one. You know, that I don't like anything. His one for you. How about, how about Seth Rollins is champion and all you did was fucking harp and overexpose his whoa, Exposing the fucking fans who's got to watch this shit at home to listen to this guy. You know, if you agree with that, sing my song. Whoa. You know, there's something called burnout. We're burned out of Seth Rollins. You know, it was cool the first two weeks you did it. And I'm speaking genuinely. This is this is how I feel. You know, I've felt this way for a while, but I'm telling you exactly what the fuck it is. This is genuine Seth Rollins burnout. It was cool for the first two weeks, and then after that, WWE's got to do it two times per show, three times per show. Now it's three times per fucking segment. It's this whole fucking gimmick. You're making me feel when we get into lane that I want Nakamura to win the fucking title so we don't need to hear this shit anymore. He built this entire gimmick off of people chanting his theme song. And then when you go on social media and you wonder why people don't like Seth Rollins anymore, well, how about you fucking overexpose the fuck out of him? and you beat the theme song over the head like a dead fucking horse. Soon as Rollins loses the championship, this is the last world title reign that he will have in the company. This is it. This This is his last reign ever. He's clearly a great wrestler. We know he's a great wrestler. I don't have a problem with what he delivers in the ring, but he doesn't, he doesn't cut it when he's the champion. Everything feels second best. Everything feels second place. He's not even the best champion on his fucking show. Gunther's the main guy on that show. Gunther's holding the more important title on the fucking show, not Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, everybody wants to cry. Seth Rollins is the number two champion in the company. He's the number two two champion on his fucking brand. Not even fucking number two in the company. As far as I'm concerned, Guther's the greatest champion in the fucking company. Roman doesn't want to show up to work. He's off to a fucking remote island somewhere drinking a goddamn cold beverage from a coconut. But that's the problem with Seth Rollins. He's not even in the most important storyline on the fucking show. Number two champion in the company. He's not even the number two. he's, He's not even the number two champion anywhere close to Roman Reigns. And you would think, being the world champion, that he'd be in the most important program on the fucking show. Proving everybody, like me, correct, when they created the title, it was nothing more than a consolation prize. Second place. There you go, Seth. Here's a fucking title. Ridiculous. Stood in the middle of the ring. He welcomed everybody to Monday Night Rollins. Sure. He asked them to play a little game. He says if they're all sick, as he is over Shinsuke Nakamura ducking him, sing his song. So they sang his song. Nakamura, he's been playing games, and the time for games is over, says Seth Rollins. He said he wants the answer tonight. He said if he doesn't accept his challenge for a rematch, he's pulling the opportunity and moving on. He said there are a million willing talents in that locker room. The floor is yours, he said. Nakamura appeared on the big screen and said Seth has many demands and said no wonder your body fails you. He said his daughter will be ashamed to look at him. He said this will be Seth's last chance to be called champion and to hear fans sing his song. He said he will stand tall with the championship. Yes, I accept your challenge for Fastlane. Last man standing. Seth paused. And he described the last man standing match. Thanks, Seth. Like, we don't know what a last man standing match is. He said two men walk in and only one man walks out. He laughed. He accepted the challenge. He said Nakamura played it perfectly. Said he got the match he wanted on his terms. He says he has made one critical error, though said so Nakamura thinks he can exploit his weakness and beat him so badly that his daughter will be ashamed to look at him. I think the fans on social media are ashamed to even look at him. Never mind his fucking daughter. says his broken back isn't a weakness. He said for him it's actually a strength. He said the only reason his family would be ashamed of him is if he doesn't give it everything he's got. He says he knows that every time he steps into the ring, he knows it could be the last time. He says he never gives it less than 100%. He says his 100% makes him the best in the world. Not even close. He held up the world heavyweight title. He said no one will walk out of the match. He said the one that will walk out of the match will be a visionary and a revolutionary. And the fans chanted Seth freaking Rollins. You know, when Rollins is serious, he's not bad. But when he's gotten, you know... He's gotten terrible and nauseating when he's got fans singing his fucking song every every segment. The ending of this promo wasn't bad. It's the overabundance of just letting the fans hijack the segment with singing the goddamn song, which is a little no. It was cool in the first two weeks. Now it's just outdated and overplayed. And WWE doesn't seem to give a shit because the fans enjoy it and it's a great live fan experience. Meanwhile, it just it's over. Like, it's not cool anymore. The more you do something, the less cool it will be. Like, if I had pizza seven days in a fucking... row, That's a terrible example. I could eat pizza every day. If I had a hamburger every fucking night, I wouldn't be a lover of hamburgers. If I had grilled cheese every fucking night, seven days a week, I wouldn't want grilled cheese anymore. Stop! You know? If I drank beer every fucking... Or if I had an old-fashioned every fucking day, I'd probably get bored of old fashions. Now I drink maybe once... Every three, four, five weeks. Sometimes I go two months, three months without drinking a fucking drop of alcohol. Being that I'm in the gym now, but when I drink something and I have it happen, you know, over a nice stretch of time, or I eat something over a nice stretch of time, I have something and I don't have it again for like I don't know two months. It tastes a lot better. It's like, oh man, this is great. How many times, as fans, can we sit there every fucking week? I mean, give me a break. Yes, I could have pizza seven days in a row. If you ask me to have pizza every night of the week, I would not complain. Not complain. Jackie Redmond interviewed Rick O'Shea backstage. He was on Crushes. I don't know if he's legitimately hurt. I think he's just kayfabing here. She asked for an update on when he'll be cleared to wrestle again. Ricochet said he will return and it'll take more than what happened last week to hold him down. He said whether Nakamura walks out with the title or not, he has unfinished business with Shinsuke Nakamura. They made this match a last man standing match. Now, the way that I look at it, is how could Nakamura lose, right? If Nakamura loses this match two pay-per-views in a row, it would have been a loss to Seth Rollins. This is the new presentation of Shinsuke Nakamura. You would think that he has to win to really, you know, keep that momentum going for this heel turn. But WWE, they gave you a stipulation, last man standing match, Ricochet may poke his nose into Nakamura's business at first lane and have Ricochet cost Nakamura the match, which would give them an easy out for Nakamura to not lose clean to Seth Rollins. I mean, that's just the easy way to look at it because if Rollins beats Nakamura with absolutely no bullshit, no smoke and mirrors or no interference. I mean, what are we doing with Nakamura? Nakamura's basically dead to rights. This heel turn would be a fucking failure and goodbye. Nobody's going to take him seriously after that. So they gave you a stipulation because it's an easy in to something happening that would cost Nakamura the match and don't have him to lose clean. Again, at the end of the day, you know, Rollins winning the match and retaining the championship, you know, I can't wait till we get to WrestleMania season because when we do, we can start talking about, you know, Gunther winning the Royal Rumble, taking that belt from Seth Rollins, and Rollins can go get his back surgery and he can be off TV for nine months or so. And I think the fans at that point, you know, absence will make the heart grow fonder type of deal. And Gunther will, will reign as the champion, which will be a glorious day in WWE. Michael Cole. He interviewed Nia Jax. You know, out of all the people that got fired, Nia Jax was brought back to the WWE. Imagine that. Imagine that. What an addition to the women's division, huh? Nia Jax is in the ring with Michael Cole. She said she is the baddest person in WWE. She's the baddest person in WWE? The baddest woman in WWE? Or the baddest? I don't know. What what did she mean by that? Baddest person? Is that her nickname? The baddest person in WWE, Nia Jax? Who was just taking Ronda Rousey's shtick and making it less cool, huh? That's great. She was booed. Zoe Stark charged into the ring and dared Nia Jax to do something to her face. Nia Jax shoved her down. Zoe Stark leapt and went after Jax. And we got an impromptu match here with Zoe Stark and Nia Jax. Nia Jax wins in three minutes. Jax buried Zoe Stark in three minutes. Stark lifted Jax onto her shoulders at one point in the match. Almost got Nia Jax up. Quite the impressive feat. Something that I think couldn't have been done. But she tried, and she failed. Nia Jax squashed her like a fucking pancake at Denny's. Landed right on top of her. Jax then drags her to the apron and a leg drops Zoe Stark on the ring apron. My hole, my hole, Nia Jax. And then she drags her to the corner... And she jumps off the second rope with a bonsai drop a la Yokozuna. She calls this the Annihilator. Great. The Annihilator. Sit out, splash. One, two, three. andaya Jax squashes Zoe Stark, Starks, like a bug. Coulsa, the entire women's division has been put on notice. So has my remote control. My remote control has been put on notice. Every time Nia Jax comes on TV, I switch to a different channel. Especially Rhea Ripley, Michael Cole says. Great. Great. Imagine, imagine Zoe Stark getting called up from NXT and she's the apple of Triple H's and Shawn Michaels' eye, right? She's one of the brightest women to come out of NXT in a long time and she's... Got the the management team solely behind her and everybody loves her. They send her out there in two minutes to get squashed by a returning Nia Jax. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming, Zoe Stark. Unbelievable. So Nia Jax was brought back to squash the women's division and then ultimately be fed to Rhea Ripley. It's basically what we're doing here. And then after Rhea Ripley, what happens to Nia Jax? Her value is already fucking worthless. Her value will be less than worthless. But that's the only reason why she was brought back. And that's a problem in itself. Oh, well, they brought Nia Jax back because Rhea Ripley needs competition. (laughs) Whose problem is that? Whose fault is that? Is that my fault? It's WWE's fault. They refuse to build up any other women in the entire fucking division, and then want to give us Nia Jax as a fucking crutch because Rhea Ripley needs opponents. Why don't you build up a fucking division so you don't need to go and waste payroll on Nia Jax? Nobody cares, nobody asks for it, and nobody's interested in Nia Jax versus Rhea Ripley. Nobody. What happens after Rhea Ripley beats Nia Jax? You think Nia Jax is going to beat Rhea Ripley for the fucking women's championship? You fired good women, not Dana Brooke. Good women in the company to bring back this fucking, you, f- you fired good talent to keep this woman on the fucking payroll. Imagine that. Mustafa Ali got fired. Dolph Ziggler got fired to make room for Nia Jax on the fucking WWE payroll. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I don't know what else to say. Seriously, where does she go after she loses to Rhea Ripley? Nowhere. They're feeding her, everybody in the division so that she looks strong. And then WWE doesn't even realize that they're making their division look worse. You're taking everybody that doesn't mean anything and making them feel even worse than they do now. I know. I know. Nia Jax is terrible. I don't believe what they're doing to this. Stephen Bacardi doesn't like Nia Jax and agrees with everything that I'm saying. Caleb Braxton. Who's backstage? Or not Caleb Braxton, now. Uh, Byron Saxton. I was thinking of Caleb Braxton. Uh, she got shooed out on social media today. Seriously, whoever who's that uh who's Logan Paul boxing? Dylan Dennis? Oh, she uh, she got fucking absolutely demolished on social media today. Byron Saxton interviewed Jay Uso. He asked, "Can you tell me why you chose not to join Judgment Day?" Jay said, "No group, Sax. No group, Sax." Sounds like he said, "No group, sex. No group, Sax." But he said Sammy is still his dog. He says his beef with KO is what it is. He says he's keeping a close eye on the Judgment Day ooze if they act up tonight. Ms. TV. He had his guest as Drew McIntyre. Drew made his way down the aisle, and he was a guest on Ms. TV here. So hopefully we would get some answers as to why Drew is acting like a scumbag, which I don't mind. I think scumbag Drew is a good look. Miz told Drew it's a judgment free zone for Drew to speak freely. Drew asks if he had any specific questions. Now Miz tried to kind of level with him and kind of bond buddy to buddy with him. Said that he would have done the same thing and thrown Jay to the wolves. Drew says they're not all they're not at all alike. Miz says they both know what it's like to be the backbone of the company and to be champion only to lose it. Miz said Drew was the unbeatable champion until he wasn't. He said he's got an opportunity of a lifetime at Clash of the Castle and then Jay cost him that opportunity. So Miz is bringing up some old wounds. Miz said Jay always does what's best for Jay so it makes sense he didn't act. Karma is a Bitch. Said Drew McIntyre. Hopefully, Vince McMahon finds out karma is a bitch sooner rather than later, as well. Miz says he is the baddest man in WWE. Drew sneered at him and gotten, you know, he was a little, you know, looking a little frustrated with The Miz and annoyed with The Miz. So he asked how it felt to be upstaged by Cody last week. Before Drew could answer, New Day's music hit and out comes Kofi and Xavier Woods. So there is the Cody. Reference to Drew McIntyre, That's a nice little tease, nice little seed planted. Well, how do you feel being upstaged by the roller coaster? You know what's coming. If there is one feud that Cody Rhodes could desperately use, it is a heel Drew McIntyre. Doesn't really spell a lot for Drew McIntyre, being that it's probably going to be fed to Cody Rhodes, but it'll do well for Cody Rhodes. New Day is out there. And Kofi said Drew, they know he's not a coward. Supposedly not like the coward they saw last week. Xavier says they used to call Drew Big D. Big D. But there appears to have been some shrinkage to Big D. He asked if his sword was too limp to get the job done. Drew asked if they expected him to make the save as always. He said they were backstage, but they didn't run out. Others acted the same. He says they're hypocrites. Kofi says he should have helped Jay Uso. Miz tried to defend Drew. Drew told him to shut up. Kofi said Jay is trying to make things right. Drew told Miz to shut up again. Drew said everything Jay has done to him, they haven't stood up to him even one time. Kofi says they used to think Drew always did what's right and they respected him for it. Drew kept telling the Miz to shut up. So Miz did his whole when my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut. So Drew McIntyre shut him up and headbutted him out. Good. Drew said the time for talking is over. If you want to get in the ring, let's do this right now. So Kofi jumped on the ring apron, and we got another impromptu match. Drew McIntyre versus Kofi Kingston. And we'll get into that in a second. But before that match took place, after Ms. TV, Ludwig Kaiser... He confronted Otis, Chad Gable, and Maxine Dupree backstage. He said Imperium hold themselves to a higher standard while he sees them celebrating losses. Maxine told him to go away, and Gable said shush to Ludwig. He said Kaiser lost, so he's going to go get uh, beat like he always does. He told him to tell Gunther he still has his eyes locked on the Intercontinental Championship. Gable acted obnoxious, and Kaiser rolled his eyes at all three and walked off. So, again, there's the seed planted. Gable is not letting go of the Intercontinental Championship. He's going to be working his way back to that at some point. Drew McIntyre and Kofi Kingston, they went 13 minutes, man. And Kofi Kingston with a second week in a row where he's had a banger match. Last week, it was against Ivar. Last week, it was against Ivar. This week, it was against Drew McIntyre. So, I don't know where this Kofi Kingston is churning out banger matches on Raw is coming from, but I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. But in the end, Drew McIntyre took out Kofi Kingston, and it was not really a clean victory. Kingston was on offense, and McIntyre regained control after a commercial break. And McIntyre hit an overhead suplex, a neck breaker on Kofi Kingston. Blocked the DDT, hit a Famouser. I don't know if that was a nod to Dolph Ziggler or not, because uh, Dolphin and Kofi have uh, quite the history. McIntyre voted a Trouble in Paradise, hit a Future Shock DDT for a near fall. McIntyre dropped Kingston with consecutive hard chops. Kingston countered a clothesline, hit a suicide dive, and McIntyre fought back and gave Kingston a reverse Alabama slam onto the apron, which looked fucking vicious. Kingston ducked a Claymore kick in the ring and hit an SOS for a 2 count. Uh, My feelings on Kofi's SOS, uh, I I haven't really brought this up, but every time I look at the SOS, man, the SOS is a terrible move. The SOS is so fucking weak. It really is. You know, I don't even know why it's a part of his arsenal anymore. It just looks sloppy. It looks unimpressive. It looks very weak. I, I, I don't know why we're doing such a move that has no impact whatsoever. He should totally take that move out of his arsenal. It looks awful. So both guys are down. Ivar, Ivar ran down and took out Xavier Woods. Ivar squashed him against the uh, LED barricade that's sitting in the aisleway and Kingston got to his feet. He made his way over to the ropes to look at what was going on with Ivar and Xavier Woods. He turns around. Drew McIntyre's got a nice Claymore kick waiting for him. One, two, three, and Drew McIntyre beats Kofi Kingston. Not clean thanks to the assist, by Ivar. Ivar and Valhalla hit the ring. They attack Kofi Kingston. McIntyre walked away. This time, he did not even look back at what was going on as Kofi Kingston was being demolished by Ivar. Ivar laid out. Kingston goes to the top and hits a fucking devastating moonsault off the top on Kofi Kingston. And that was basically it. So, obviously, we're waiting for... uh, Eric of the Viking Raiders to get back and we're going to continue the Viking Raiders versus the New Day feud, which I don't, I don't really mind at this point. Cause I mean, it seems like it's got some heat. I don't know why they're feuding, but the Viking Raiders can do whatever the fuck they want, man. They're Vikings. If They have a problem with you. They're going to take you out. But McIntyre continues to walk away and he's not giving a shit, man. Slowly, but surely last week, he looked back at Jay Uso. Should I go? He walked away, and then he looked back again. Should I go? Cody Rhodes ran out and brushed by Drew McIntyre. This week, Kofi Kingston got beat up, and Drew McIntyre did not look back at all, man. The zero fucks that Drew McIntyre is giving everybody is a beautiful thing, man. They are playing out. His heel turn perfectly on Monday night. It's taking its time. It's slowly being built, I like the little instances where he's kind of... You know, there's layers to it every single week. I think this is going to be a good, good thing for Drew McIntyre, man. Really good stuff there. And he beats Kofi Kingston tonight on Monday Night Raw. Gunther's in the back. He confronted Kaiser. He says it was ridiculous what happened earlier. Kaiser blamed Vinci for his loss. Gunther said, listen... You messed up, and from now on, Vinci is your responsibility. He says if either of them messes up, he'll have an issue with Kaiser. Gunther said he'd take care of his responsibility in the meantime as intercontinental champion, and I will do so by beating Tommaso Ciampa by myself. Kaiser gave Vinci a dirty look after Gunther walked away. I don't like this teasing of Imperium breaking up. I don't like this tension between Kaiser and, and, and Vinci. I don't. You know, Imperium, you know, it don't even feel like Imperium. It just feels like Gunther and two fucking bums. That's what it feels like. Yeah, Imperium was not like this on NXT. Imperium was actually, you know, they, they all complemented each other. Feels like Imperium is not really Imperium the last month or so, month and a half. It's like they send Kaiser out there to lose. He'll get a win every now and then, but most of the time he loses. Vinci loses. Tag team match together, they lose. Why are we we destroying any credibility that Imperium may have developed here? They don't really get it. Who wants to see them break up? I don't. Pound for pound, they're probably the best tag team in the fucking company when they're together. When they actually are able to go out there and wrestle. They are probably the best in-ring tag team in the entire company. And yet, here we have teases of them breaking up. Kaiser's upset with Vinci, and Vinci's upset with Kaiser. Who acts for this? The old man acts for this. That's who acts for it. Oh, I gotta get something on this show, pal. Yeah, but you gotta break them up? Saxton asked Ivar and Valhalla to explain their actions. Ivar said New Day took Eric out. There you go. Why are they feuding? There you go. Valhalla said "I for an I. Main event. Finn Balor and Damian Priest defend the tag team championships against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. This was a very, very good tag team match. I know, I know. It's the same shit every fucking week. I get it. I truly understand your frustrations. I don't want to see it any more than you guys do. But I got to call it the way I see it. This was a very good match. There's no way that these four guys are going to be in a match together with the tag team titles on the line. And it's going to be a bad match. Can't do it. Was this match better than the one at Payback? No. It was not. But still a fine tag team match. Fun Tag team match. Lots of interference, though, but the interference actually made sense as it build towards lane and potentially into Survivor Series with a potential War Games situation. So we go right to a commercial break. As soon as the match starts, Zayn used a drop toe hold on Balor and held him there. Owens to the senton, so there was some nice double team moves here by the babyfaces. Owens knocked Priest off the apron. This allowed Balor to drop him. And hit a double foot stomp. Priest smacked Owens. Called him a tough guy. Owens fought back at a DDT on Priest. Zayn tagged in, hit Priest with a clothesline. The baby faced ten punches in the corner. And then a dropkick. Zayn wiped out both guys. The flip dive, and we go to a second commercial break. So, Judgment Day was in control. Or at least they said on commentary that Judgment Day was in control during the commercial break. And this was obviously after Zayn hit the dive. So Zayn was in control before the commercial. And then when we come back from commercial, Judgment Day's in control. Zane starts to make a babyface comeback. He dropped Priest with a tornado DDT. Owens makes the hot tag. Owens ran over both Balor and Priest with clotheslines. Backdrop Priest onto the announce table on the outside. Owens hit Balor with a frog splash. He goes for cover gets in your fall. Crowd was chanting, this is awesome, this is awesome. Owens hit a rolling fireman's carry off the middle rope, which looked great on Balor. Owens went for senton, but Balor got his knees up and hits a shotgun dropkick on Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens falls flat on his back. Balor goes up, hits the coup de grace. Sami Zayn breaks up the cover. Priest told Balor to tag him in. He said something to him, but he told him, tag him in, tag him in. So he tags in. Sami Zayn tagged in for the babyfaces. So we got Zayn and Priest. Zayn hits an exploder in the corner on Priest. All of a sudden, Dominic ran out and jumped on the ring apron and distracted Sami Zayn. Zayn avoided a razor's edge. He slips down, hits a blue thunder bomb on Damian Priest. Bella broke up the cover. Owens tackled Balor, which distracted the referee long enough for Dom to take Zayn and drape him over the top turnbuckle or the top rope. Priest hit a flatliner for a near fall. Jay Uso ran out. He takes care of Dom. JD McDonough runs out. He showed up, attacked Jay. Dom and McDonough teaming up on Jay and Rhodes. Rhodes ran right through the ring and wiped out McDonough with a suicide dive. Rhodes and Jay took out Dom until officials came down and broke it up. Owens gave Balor a stunner. Bre- uh, Zane hit Priest with a haluva kick. You would think the babyfaces were going to re- re- regain the tag team titles. Zane, before he can make the cover, McDonough hit Zane with the title belt The referee was distracted again by God knows what. I don't I don't know what the fuck he was distracted by. You got every fucking official from the back, and the referees. (laughs) What's going out there, guy? What's going on? Stupid, stupid, stupid. It's how these referees look, man. You got Adam Pierce and half of the fucking locker room out there with management. Taking care of whatever's going on on the outside. And the referee in the ring is preoccupied by what's going on on the outside when he's got a fucking tag team title match to call in the middle of the ring. So he looks at what's going on on the outside. McDonough hits Zayn with the belt. He falls flat on his back. Priest rolled into a cover, one, two, three, and that was it. Damian Priest pins Sammy Zayn. And the Judgment Day retain the tag team championship. The match itself was great. The crowd was super into it. It was just all over the place with the outside interference. Rhodes and Jay ran back out. They attacked Judgment Day. Everybody brawled at the end of the show. And I think Owens gave somebody a stunner. He gave Dom a stunner, I believe. And the baby faces stood tall as the show came to a close. So that's basically it. Oh, the Dom, I've, did, I, did I miss the Dom match? How did I miss the dumb match? Oh, my goodness, man. Did I even put it in my notes? Man, I was watching the fucking match. I didn't even write any notes about the match. We'll get to it. I promise we'll get to it. Thank you guys for reminding me. I mean, it's one of the major parts of the fucking show. Uh, Anyway, getting back to the ending of the match here with uh, the uh, Judgment Day and uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. Clearly, y- you see where they're going with this. Clearly, you see where they're going with this. They are obviously booking war games. I mean, there's no other way around it. I, I mean, I don't, if, they're, if they're not doing war games at Survivor Series, I don't know what the fuck we're doing here. Cody Rhodes, Jey Uso, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens against J.D. McDonough, Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio, and Damian Priest. War games, that's set. But what do we do at Fastlane and what do we do at Crown Jewel? Now, we could do a four-on-four and give you a preview of what's happening at Survivor Series with all eight of these guys. We can do a six-man tag. I don't know why you would do that because you're going to leave some talents off the show. You could do Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso versus Dominic and J.D. McDonough. You could do a rematch with Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens against Finn Balor and Damian Priest. But who wants to see that again? Who wants to see that again? You might as well just, I mean, it does call for a rematch, being that there was so much outside interference, but how many times do we need to see that? I mean, is it even about the tag team titles anymore? I think all of these guys, including Sammy and KO, they want to just eradicate Judgment Day from Monday Night Raw, man, and just fucking get rid of the poison that's on this show. Fuck the titles. And then Cody going into Crown Jewel in November, you know, I could see him do Drew McIntyre and wrestle one-on-one there. Because they've already teased that. They teased that last week with him brushing by Drew McIntyre. And they teased that again tonight on Ms. TV. I don't know. But, but, but clearly you see where they're going with all this stuff. War games is definitely happening. At one point I was like, you might as well just send William Regal out there and fucking scream war games in front of everybody. Because that's exactly where they're going with us. Now, as far as Dominic Mysterio, I don't know how I forgot about this. Thank you to the chat for reminding me. It's where my fucking head is at, man. All over the place. Dominic Mysterio did defend the North American Championship tonight against Dragon Lee. Now, I don't know. This match happened after the Ricochet thing. I don't know why I just completely forgot about this. It's probably one of my favorite parts of the entire night. I don't know. Why WWE did not pull the trigger on, actually, I do know, but I don't know why they didn't pull the trigger on Dragon Lee tonight to win the North American Championship, unless they're going to have him win it on pay-per-view on Saturday. Dragon Lee looked very impressive. Is Dragon Lee ready for the main roster? Sure he is. He is. I mean, he's exciting. He's exhilarating to watch. He moves around like a fucking unbelievable in there. So you ready for the main roster? Absolutely. Wade Barrett even said, I hope this is not the last time we see Dragon Lee on Monday Night Raw. More of this on the main roster, please. I agree with him. Dragon Lee's incredible. This is why Dragon Lee wants the WWE. This is why Dragon Lee chose WWE over AEW. Opportunities like this. Clearly it's proving to be the better of the choice for Dragon Lee. I thought he did great in there. You know, the match wasn't perfect. There was a botch here and a botch there. Nothing overly critical of the match. Didn't, it didn't bog the match down, but it wasn't the smoothest, Dragon Lee performance. Dominic Mysterio, you know, I've been on record saying I'm not a big fan of Dominic Mysterio as far as what he does in the ring. The, the heel work, obviously, you know, he, he gets a lot of heel heat and whatever the case may be. But Dominic, you know, he's being held together by Judgment Day. And a lot of what Dominic does great revolves around the Judgment Day. When he gets in there by himself, he doesn't really wow you as an in-ring performer. He's starting to slowly—he's not there yet. He's still fucking green as grass. But he's starting to slowly bring it together in the ring. You know, he had a very good match with Dragon Lee. I would say that Dragon Lee's debut was probably one of the better debuts that we've seen in WWE this year. And then Dominic, I'm not a big fan of him being the NXT North American champion, but this was probably the best Dominic Mysterio match uh, so far on the main roster. I thought this was a great match. I would have pulled the trigger. Dragon Lee... Debut, Monday Night Raw, North American title. I would have pulled the trigger, man. I would have made him the North American champion. Crowd was big into it. Crowd wanted it. And WWE didn't give it to him. Now, on the flip side, Dominic won the match clean, which Dominic doesn't win matches clean. He's always got Rhea Ripley there or somebody there to aid him in victory. He won clean. So it does give some credibility to Dominic defending that North American championship. Dragon Lee hit a big flip dive early on Dom. Uh, and Dom responded later by giving him a DDT on the apron. So we get a commercial break. During the break, Dom tied Dragon Lee's mask to the bottom rope because he's got the shrinks hanging from the mask, stomped away at him. Dom went to the top after a uh, commercial break, but Dragon Lee got his knees up on a big frog splash. Dragon Lee came back with some strikes, a running dropkick in the corner. He then hit a German suplex, and Dom followed up with a Michinoku driver for a two count. Dragon Lee ducked the 619 and hit a knee strike for two count. Dominic's on the apron now. Dragon Lee used a running to drop him on the floor, which looked great. Dragon Lee followed a big sit-out powerbomb for a near fall. Crowd was big into it. They were big into Dragon Lee, and he got a This Is Awesome chant. Dragon Lee hit a double foot stomp. Dominic was stuck in a tree of woe. He hit a double foot stomp. Dominic crotched him over the top rope and hit a frog splash... For the one, two, three. Dominic is not the smoothest guy in the ring. And neither was Dragon Lee tonight. But this was a fun match. And the crowd really made the match more than it was on TV. But this was a very impressive showing for Dragon Lee. I would have put the title on him because, you know, that's an NXT title. And he is a great representative for the North American Championship. But why didn't WWE put the North American Championship on, on Dragon Lee? Because they are gonna ride the Judgment Day bus until the fucking wheels come off. They want Judgment Day on Monday. They want Judgment Day on Tuesday, and they want Judgment Day on Friday. That's what they're doing. SmackDown is going to uh, is going to NBCU. They're going to USA Network for 1.4 billion dollars. That's the rumor right now. Monday Night Raw and NXT. They're in you know negotiation rights with whomever. There's a ton of suitors, a ton of bidders. From Monday Night Raw. They want NXT to be as stacked as possible. So that's why Becky Lynch is the NXT Women's Champion. That's why Dominic is the North American Champion. So they're using this as a vehicle to sell networks. Hey, look, we got NXT. This is what we got going on on NXT. Ratings are up. Ratings are up because there's main roster talent on NXT. It has nothing to do with on NXT. Who's on NXT? You know, the NXT talent. But as far as this match, the reason why they didn't make Dragon Lee the North American champion is because of TV rights negotiations. Otherwise, I would have pulled the trigger. Maybe we get the rematch on Saturday. Maybe he wins it there. But I don't know why he would get a rematch when he lost clean. And it's very weird that they fired Mustafa Ali one week before his title match against Dom. And now Dom doesn't have a title match on Saturday night. Maybe they run it back. Maybe they run it back, but you got to ask why when he lost clean tonight. Thank you guys very much for all of your support on the podcast. I apologize for missing that, man. We should have talked about that earlier, but I uh, I appreciate you guys bringing that up because otherwise I would have fucking right, ran right through to the uh, Super Chats and I would have forgot that we even had that match tonight without you guys. Appreciate you very much. For hanging out with me on this Monday night for the Monday Night Raw Review. Hit that thumbs up, guys. We got 750 likes, man. We need 250 likes for a 1,000. Can we get a 1,000 likes tonight on the live stream? Hit that thumbs up if you have not done so, man. Follow me on social media. At JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. There'll be plenty of it this week as well. Get those super chats in. We're going to hang out in a second. Right after a quick word here about my sponsor for tonight's show, Manscaped. Ladies and gentlemen, football season is back. And you know what that means, man. Touchdown dances, Sunday tailgates, and fantasy showdowns. But fellas, let's realize what the real MVP is this season, and that is Manscaped with their new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. My favorite... Product from the entire Manscaped line is the Beard Hedger Pro Kit, man. Elevate your grooming game with this unbelievable product. Join the 9 million men, including myself, who trust Manscaped. 9 million men, man. That's a lot of people. That's 109 MetLife stadiums. Manscaped.com, code SCRIPT20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. The Beard Hedger Pro Kit, man. What do we get? Well, we get the Beard Hedger Pro. Razor, I love it. 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard. So you got no more mess. No more messy drawers full of extra add-ons, man. It's all built in. I love it. It's the best razor I've ever used. Also, it's waterproof. You can shave in the shower. It's titanium coated with a T-blade. Tough enough on hair, but smooth on your face. Single stroke efficiency and satisfaction. One stroke at a time. Also, they're going to give you some liquid formulations, man. You're going to get a beard shampoo, a beard conditioner, a beard oil, beard balm, and a nice, and I mean nice, beard comb. Love it. 20% off, free shipping, code script20 at checkout. Make sure you guys go hit up Manscaped, man. They are a great friend and a great sponsor of the show. Your grass is not artificial. Keep it shaved with Manscaped. Eric Newton with 21 months in the venue. How many times do we have to keep seeing Judgment Day versus KO and Sammy and Cody or some variation? I'm sick of the same shit on Raw every week. I know. I know. But they're building towards war games, Eric. And the tag team title match was very good tonight. Gregory Benson with a $20 super chat. You'll never believe, but I went to a couple of impact. <laughs> oh, man. Impact tapings this past weekend. How many people watched their 1,000th episode last week? Three, four, five, or six? Six. I don't know, but Jesse was one of them. (laughs) Oh, man. Also, Gregory Benson with a 9.99. In a serious note, let's continue to send our condolences to JoJo Offerman. Can't imagine the pain she's going through right now being as... Though it's been officially one month since we lost Wyndham. That woman will never be right again, bro. What a terrible tragedy. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. Rumor is the tag belts will be split apart again. Oh, yeah? Where would that rumor come from? Sliced wrestling... The same geeks that were reporting that Stephanie has left Triple H and divorced Triple H. Yeah, right. Uh, P.D. Shaw, The Meatfather, with 31 months. Good raw and the best in the IWC. Proud to be a part of this wild and crazy ride. OTS for life. Thank you, The Meatfather. Appreciate you, brother. Michelle Moran with the $2 Super Chat. War Games at Survivor Series. Two more months of J.D. versus Cody's team. Yes what it's looking like. Said Suka with a 499. Damn, good raw crowd. They were great. Wish they had more crowds like that. And my prediction of Punk Return at War Games is looking to be right. Setting seeds. I don't know why uh, why you thought that after tonight. We have the four on four that we need for war games. CM Punk doesn't even fit. The Undertaker, 24 and 0, with a 24 month membership. Oh, I really dig that MJF guy. Kid's got a future. Rest in peace. Undertaker, thank you, brother. Beyond the script with a 4.99. How's it going, JD? It's going good, man. Not a bad first hour, but as soon as I saw Nia Jax, I switched to NFL. OTS for life. I did not, unfortunately. Sinister with 12 months. Hey, Ace, great show tonight. 8.2 out of 10. War Games is looking quite good. Drew's heel turn was excellent. Lastly, keep up the good work. OTS for life. Thank you, Sinister. Phil with 10 months. What's up, Ace? Good show tonight. What was your favorite part of Raw? P.S. for the memes. Can I get a... Favorite part of the show was Dragon Lee and Dominic Mysterio, and Drew McIntyre being a son of a bitch. Chris with fourteen months. What's up, JD? Fourteen month VIP in the OTS venue. Thank you for your hard work and dedication. The ace of the IWC, no question about it. OTS for life. Thank you, Chris, Phil, and Sinister. Appreciate you guys. Tay Tay, the savior, the four ninety nine. Is it just me or has Monday Night Raw been cooking good? They're cooking. They're cooking. Monday Night Raw's cooking on low heat. They're not on high heat. Steven Brewer with a four nine nine. putting my tinfoil hat on. It's funny how SmackDown hasn't been as good and yet got a new TV deal. Now Raw has been good and still looking for a new deal. Well, it doesn't matter how good Monday Night Raw is. They're going to get buried in the ratings because of Monday Night Football on ABC. But yes, SmackDown is not better than Raw. Will Chisholm with a $5 super chat. Seth dropping the belts or Seth dropping the best in the world line could be nothing or it could be WWE being dicks. I'd be lying if I won't have my eyes on Survivor Series. Uh, I think it's just uh, WWE playing on words, man. I don't think it really means much of anything. Matt Fugitive with a $10 Jet. Do you think there is a correlation with Endeavor owning WWE that's contributing to a better product overall? No. Did Ari tell Vince to sit down and let Triple H run the shows? No. Vince has more power than he did before. Vince can do whatever he wants now. If Vince wants to sit backstage, he can. New Bendy comic dubs with 13 months. Didn't like Raw. It's the same thing. The Baby Faces vs. Judgment Day and tag teams in singles matches to lose. But I respect your opinion. And in the ring was fire. Playboy, B. With the 199, Champa is over with the main roster crowds. Awesome. Yeah, only in Los Angeles. Tay Tay with the 499. I hope we don't get the American nightmare, Cody Rhodes versus the Mighty Omas. I hope not. Captain Solo with 26 months. I must have asked this question a million times. Why is Tamina still employed? And what exactly is Titus O'Neil getting paid to do other than catering? Titus O'Neil is a brand ambassador for WWE. He does a lot of outreach stuff for WWE. He's never going to get fired. He's got a job for life. And Tamina. WWE would never fire Tamina. She is an white I believe. Come on you It's Tamina, it's Tamina and I think. She's Samoan, whatever the case may be. She, she ain't going nowhere. I'm not doing the Omos voice. Oh, I, listen. I'm not doing the Omos voice until Omos gets back on television. Just the way it is. Ah, uh, Captain Solo. Right, super chat. Do you think Dolph Ziggler goes to AEW to team with his brother or become the next king of the indies? OTS for life. I think he goes to AEW. Joseph King with 20 months. What do you think of the overall presentation of Jay White and Bullet Club Gold? I see all guys as champions soon with the world and trios titles. Uh, I think Bullet Club Gold is some of the best content on AEW television right now. I think they're great. Jay White's a fucking beast uh sidro with 12 months naya's entrance music should change from i'm not like most girls to i injure most girls 12 months baby thank you sidro appreciate you brother Nate the Spider Hunter with 14 months. Why am I the Spider Hunter? Because I own the most OP card in the Uno Reverse. Uh, I, I own the most OP card, the Uno Reverse card. I touch grass. Now I'm Macho who fights giant Australian bugs. OTS for life, whatever, man. You fight giant Australian bugs, great. a professional guy with the $2 super chat. I was at WWE last night set for his Miz main event. This is why I don't pay to go to house shows. David. $4.99. Who wins in a fatal four-way? Omos, Braun, Kali, or Satnam Singh? I'm going with Braun Strowman. $4.99 $4.99 by Kelly Thompson the second. Rollins' song in fashion was much more subtle as a tweener. He's better off stomping everybody out, being selfish. He's both boring and bland as a champion. Yes, he is. I, I, I think Rollins Rollins is missing something as champion. He's not uh, he's not doing uh, he's not doing the deed as champion. The Warrior of Chosen with a 499. Looking forward to see when JD and Finn screw priest over. Whenever he cashes in the briefcase. Also keep up the good work. JD, thank you, Warrior. Appreciate you, brother. And Clone Force! With a 199! Clone Force says, JD, how you see Drew turning heel on Cody? Simple Clone Force. A Claymore kick. That's all you need. Guys, I appreciate you joining me tonight. Another review in the books. Appreciate you hanging out with me on this Monday night in the OTS venue as always. More content to come. This week, as always, right here on the channel. Make sure you guys follow me on social media. At JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Go check out Manscaped. 20% off. Code script 20. Manscaped.com always love Manscaped when they sponsor the show follow me on social media Twitter Instagram TikTok cameo at JD from NY 206 Sidron with a $5 super chat when you get a chance to listen to Utah Saints remix of the MK theme song very good stuff probably will not be better than Andy James brother and go check out all the other content on the channel Thank you guys for your support. We got more content coming. I'll be live tomorrow night. Andrew Baydal and myself, TNT, episode number 15 right here on OTS. Until then, guys, enjoy your Tuesdays, and I'll see you right back here tomorrow night live. TNT. See you guys later. Feel something it's, it's...